Happy Friday, guys, and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Dubs, episode number 60. On today's podcast, we're going to be talking about uh, superchargers, the AMR 500 superchargers that a lot of people are doing on VWs. Ran into the guys last uh, bug-in at Rabobank Performance. They're out of the high desert, out of uh, Hesperia, California. Got to chatting with them, and as I've been cruising through Instagram, I saw that they're working on some of those motors with the AMR superchargers. So on today's podcast, I get them on. And we discuss the details of those supercharger kits, what's involved with them, what they cost, and all the good details to get us into all that. But first, make sure if you like this podcast, you guys go and subscribe to the podcast, as well as leave us a five-star review. One of our reviewers this week, Guy Santos, my homegirl Dawn, says, Type 34 stolen. Awesome podcast. Volkswagen community is amazing. Everyone needs to subscribe to this podcast if you're into VWs. I agree with her. So make sure... You take this podcast, you share it with all your friends that are into VWs and let them know where it's getting down and where all your latest information comes out at Let's Talk Dubs Podcast. This weekend, I'm headed out to the Octo meet. So if you guys are going to be near Octo, come by and say hello. I will be there on Saturday and I've got a couple interviews in the pipeline while I'm down there. I'm going to be interviewing RK Smith. So if you guys have any questions uh, that you want me to ask RK Smith, fire them off at our Facebook page or email to me at Bill at uh, I've also got a couple other podcasts set up to record while I'm down there. So should be some more good content for you guys coming next week. And if you guys remember last week, we talked about a show coming up. Uh, Corey Mack Promotions is going to be putting on the VW Mega Event October 18th. And on the 15th, 16th, and 17th, Let's Talk Dubs and the Las Vegas Volkswagen Club are going to be putting on some pre-events that are going to be going down here. We'll be having a host hotel being announced on the next podcast and a lot of details. So we're talking toy and literature show. We're talking car show. We're talking organized strip cruise. We're talking all the coolest of the cool things that you can do when you're here in Vegas. So tons more details to come out in the next week or so to follow. So make sure you guys save that weekend because it's going to be a big one back out here in Vegas, guys. So without any further ado, let's get into this week's podcast with Rabobank Performance and we talk about the AMR 500 Superchargers. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have around the house. Okay, everybody. So on today's show, I've got a couple of fellas that I ran into at Buggin last year. We got to talk and they're fans of the podcast. And they're not just on the podcast because they're fans of the podcast, but they're also doing some new and unique things in the VW scene, uh, working with the AMR supercharger kits and stuff like that. But we'll get that into, into that later on the podcast. So I want you guys to welcome on today's podcast, Ron and Kevin Truella from Rabobank Performance out of Apple Valley, California. Guys, welcome to the show. Thank you. How's it going, Bill? Hey, good, guys. So, uh, like I said earlier in the introduction, you know, one of the reasons I'm having you guys on the podcast, I saw you guys are doing things with that AMR 500 supercharger, and we're going to get into that in a little bit. But, like, the way we always start the show, what is your VW story? And we'll start with Ron, because Ron's the dad, Kevin's the son. So, Ron, we're going to start with your story, and then Kevin... We'll get your story, how you guys got into VWs. Let's get into that first. All right. Well, it's not as dramatic as some of the others, but uh, back in high school, kind of the bug kind of bit me then. This was back in the late 70s. Uh, a couple friends of mine on dirt bikes and desert riders and stuff like that, we used to go to Glamis all the time, throw the paddle tire on the bike and throw them in the back of the truck and sleeping bag at heaven. Yeah. Uh, we used to have a lot of fun. Then we met up with a couple of guys that used to build their own cars. Uh, dune buggy style cars and one guy in particular uh, was a business associate of my dad's at the time when I was working at his machine shop and uh, he built himself a nice 1835 mid-engine car that just caught my eye and you know that's basically when the bug bit me and took me for a ride and it was pretty much over by then yeah so eventually uh, wound up buying one nothing nothing that fancy but just a little 1600 you know, rail dune buggy type thing and just went out there and played around with it for a little while. And then, uh, 1980 time frame rolled around and life happens and marriage and children and all that kind of stuff. So it kind of got set aside for a few years. And it wasn't until later on, I kept, kept building hot rod cars and dabbling with, 
you know, performance engines and things like that. So I've been building engines, you know, ever since I can remember. And, uh, and you started basically building, just went on. Did you start building engines working at your dad's machine shop? Is Was it an automotive machine shop? Uh, no, it was actually an actual conventional machine shop uh, where we did a lot of, uh, like, lathes and mills and numerical control was just starting at that time. So it was kind of a, a hobby for me at the time. I always wanted the faster car. And back in the 70s, of course, it was big muscle cars. Uh, but we, I myself, couldn't afford that big of a muscle car, so it was the smaller stuff. Like we dealt in the, the, the four-cylinder Pinto engines and things like that and tried to, you know, crank them things out as big and powerful as we possibly could and just had a lot of fun with it. Sure. And also many other projects with friends of mine that were building uh, like 66 Dodge Darts and things of that nature. And so you so started, as time went on. You started your hand at building engines just because you're experiencing the machine shops? That helped a lot, yes, uh, because being able to uh, – to measure things and, you know, things of that nature, uh, you know, really help as long as that goes. But as far as building engine goes, it's always been something that's always, always been on my mind and something I've always done and enjoyed mm -hmm. no matter what capacity, whether it be a, a great big 560 cubic inch or a, you know, a 1600 CC Volkswagen motor and everywhere in between. <clears throat> sure. So as we went going on and on, uh, it wasn't until, I don't know, early 2000 time frame, uh, probably 2003, 2004. Uh, my oldest son, Brian, uh, decided that, that time I got an offer. Or he, he came across a, an older rail dune buggy that uh, I guess at this particular time we'd call it a water pipe special. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it was home, a home-built 1600. Still had the OEM gas tank in the back of it, you know, that kind of thing. Single port. Uh, so we got it running and played around with it and pretty much went from there. That's where everything got started. And we, um, Kevin and I, my younger son, the one that's with me today, uh, we decided at one point in time that we were going to build one. So that hey, we can do this. Now right? build, so build a complete car, a complete rail. Yes. So we went down and, uh, at the time, uh, car craft was a big supporter of us. Uh, they pretty much got our start. Uh, we got we bought one of the original two seater bug pack frames at the time, and just built it up from there, and that's pretty much where everything started and brought us into where we are today. Nice. And then Kevin, just because he's your son, he just gets to, I mean, it, it's just it's like my kid. He has no choice. He's just going to be a, a gearhead, right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it's crazy. Uh, you know, I didn't have anything to do with Volkswagens at all in any capacity until my brother got that sand rail. And then once we started messing around, then I'm like, I really like these things. And then I started liking the bugs. And uh, during the time that we were building the sand rail, I actually did pick up a 65 Beetle at that time. And, and that's where I really started messing around with the Volkswagens. You know, uh, at that time, I wanted to lower the front end and I cut the springs, you know what I mean, to, to get it lowered down and, oh, yeah. and started playing around with building engines and carburetors and it just, it was a lot of fun and, and designing them. So, and like my dad said, you know, we just kept going from there and we started getting into bigger, badder motors and, uh, more technology and nicer stuff. Well, and I know that I, no I noticed when I was scrolling through your guys' Instagram, um, I was noticing some boat motors and some stuff and on, and you guys do some aircraft stuff and a little bit of everything and, you know, I think maybe the allure with the with the Volkswagens is always it's it's that underdog kind of mentality. Like you can build this unassuming bug that just goes just goes down the street and kind of slaps around some V8s here and there. You know? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we I've built you know huge boat engines and car engines and things like that, but the Volkswagen world just has its own you know own deal to it that is very alluring and very uh, very intriguing because it's just the diversity of it. Sure. I mean, one platform you can go, you don't see Baja El Caminos. I mean, you do, but uh, especially <laughs> exactly. in Apple Valley, you see quite a few of those. But, I mean, for the most part, it's not like a trend. You know what I mean? Correct. But, yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I, th I think that the, the diversity of the platform is what really makes it so 
engaging because it, whether you're a dirt guy, a street guy, a drag guy, or a show guy, or a vintage guy, you can still be involved in the same platform. Yeah, absolutely. And it, I just like the Volkswagen world because of, again, it's, it's unlimited uh, idea perspective. Uh, you go to the shows, uh, when you look at all the different stuff that's out there and the innovation that people use, uh, all the way from from basic restoration, you know, period correct cars, all the way up to the to the wildest thing you could ever imagine, and getting into the dirt stuff and dune buggies, you know, you you take a drive down to Comp Hill one day over at Dumont, and there's 50 cars out there, and you start walking around looking at people's stuff, and you think that's a terrific idea, and that's yeah. that's kind of how things went. Yeah. No, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, I I'm a dune guy myself. I've got a. a a Subi powered sand car. And, um, I've really enjoyed having that car out there. It's kind of a mid-sized car, but you know, to people that haven't been to the sand dunes, they just don't know. It's like driving your own roller coaster. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. And that power, you know, the power to weight ratio with a, with a little rail, I mean, shoot 150, 170 horsepower feels like 400 horsepower in one of those things. Yeah, and well, to give you an example, uh, my sand rail right now is a is one of the the bug pack two seaters mm-hmm. with a twenty two seventy six uh, stage two turbo. Oh, really? <clears throat> Producing two hundred and twenty plus horsepower in a car that weighs thirteen hundred pounds. Yeah, it's insane. I mean, it's just like, <clears throat> and and it's and it's hard to explain to someone if they've never kind of been through that, especially when you're looking at a hill that's super steep, and you can just romp up that hill really quick. I mean, it becomes it becomes that motorcycle experience where your your eye and the distance and the throttle is just a control. You know where you want to be, you just gas it, and you're right there. Yeah, absolutely. And then plus the, you know, when when things go south, I mean, when you're talking about engines that big and you're beating on them really hard when you're in the sand dunes in the desert, uh, they're relatively easy. I wouldn't, I won't say it's easy, but easier uh, to repair and get yourself going and get yourself out of trouble than it would be for something, you know, real high tech, like your LS motors and things like that. Right. So now tell me how you guys ended up starting the, starting the shop. Like where does, where does that come in? It's, it's like you guys are doing it so much for a hobby that everybody's like, Hey, can you guys work on my stuff? I mean, how does it evolve into, into the, the shop? Well, uh, as, uh, my, my father said, we started, we, me and him built that first sand rail, you know, back in the early 2000s and stuff like that. And then uh, it came out pretty nice for what it was in time and for what we knew. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then my brother decided, I want a new car. And we built his car. You know, uh, it was a, uh, boy, a Toys for Big Boys four-seater, you know I mean? We used that frame for that platform. And then we had another buddy. He says, I want, I want a car too. So, you know, in the course of, you know, the years we just started building these cars in our garage, you know, I, I was welding and dad was building engines and we were coming up with cool stuff to do and powder coating them and making them look really good. And by this time, you know, uh, we have other friends that are, are buying cars and getting into it and we're all going to the sand dunes and having a good time. And, um, uh, finally we decided, you know, at a shop, we're doing this anyways and right. we're doing all this stuff for friends and, I said, you know, I think uh, my my uncle had a had a good idea, and he's the one actually invented the name. You know, where uh, he was like Rabbitback, you know, and we're like, what does that mean? You know what I mean? And and uh, it just kind of strung from there, and we got a business license, and we just started working on Volkswagens. And and when we didn't originally start working on Volkswagen, we our shop was everything. We were doing hot rods and other stuff, and eventually just cycled down to just Volkswagens because. We wanted to specialize a little better and be a little more closer into what we were doing. Sure, sure. And uh, what now? You told me earlier, Rababack is uh, is a um, it's an acronym. What what is what what what's the meaning behind Rababack? All right. Basically, it's uh, myself, my brother, my oldest son, and my youngest son. The four people. So basically, it's uh, it's Ron and Bobby and Brian and Kevin. Oh, very cool. <laughs> Well, that's awesome, man. So yeah, that's in that's in chronological order, by the way. Yeah, all all by age. <clears throat> so now you guys are building motors. You, you specialize in building motors, and you build anything from street to strip. Do you build complete chassis? I mean, to what degree are you guys building stuff out there? 
Well, right now we're we're not building full cars anymore, uh, mainly because that market is is very very difficult at the, at the time and also getting right. very expensive. Uh, but so, but there are still plenty of I don't know if you want to call it nostalgic doom buggy style cars out there and or Volkswagen cars in its own right. Uh, but we specialize in customizing. Uh, we don't do paint and body work. We do have other vendors for that. But as far as uh, drivetrain, rolling chassis, you know, body off repairs and things of that nature, we can do all of that. But our main specialty is in powertrain. And now you guys are building motors, just motors, no transmissions, right? Just motors. Yeah, I have. I don't have the room. It's not that I can't build a transmission. I just don't have the room and the tools for it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I have somebody that builds my transmissions for me that I've known for what, 10, 10, 15, 15 years. And, and that, that would be a Benco, uh, Benco racing. Yeah. And, and, and I'd like to get Benco on the podcast earlier. Cause they're the ones I think that give a, uh, as long as you own your transmission, they'll swap that ring and pinion for you. Uh, you ship them the trans, they'll swap the ring and pinion for you for, yeah. uh, I think, I don't know if it's for free or for, uh, almost no charge. Uh, to change your gear. Yeah, it's you. nominal. Yeah, yeah, it's nominal. Uh, but the, what I like about it is, and, and the other the other transmission builders out there, are, you know, pretty much on the same level. But with Ben, I know him personally, and I can sit there and say, okay, here's what we got. Build me a transmission that works with this combination. Right. And I, I have 100% faith in his work, and says, okay, this will do it for you, and never had a problem. So. And so you guys are now, now you guys started, I, I noticed that in Kevin's car, Kevin's got a turbo set up in his car, right, Kevin? Yeah, I got a CV performance seal injected turbo system. And is that the Gen 1, Gen 2, or the new one? That's a Gen 4. So you have the new Gen 4. So did you upgrade from the the older version? No, I I just went straight in and, and purchased the Gen 4. I never had fuel injection prior to that. And how's that, how's that been for you? I mean, are, are you enjoying it? Oh, I love it. You know, when I, I first uh, purchased and installed it, I bought everything, the, the methanol injection and the screen and all that stuff from, uh, I talked to Mark there at CB Performance and who was a big help, by the way, in uh, tuning it, you know, he, you know, got in my laptop and saw all the data real time and helped me tune it. But once we got her all tuned up, cause they're, they come in pretty much close, just got to fine tune them. But once we got the thing done, oh man, uh, that's probably the, one of the fastest cars I've ever been in as a Volkswagen wise. Now, have you so ran I that, love it very much. Have you ran that car in a quarter? No, uh, I get, it's funny. I get asked that a lot. Have I ran that thing in the quarter? Have I doing that? That car has a full Mendiola suspension. It's a little heavier than your normal. I just go out there and go have fun in the streets with it. That's where I really bought it for or built it for, I should say. And, and that's what I really enjoy doing. I'm not really into doing the racing thing. Yeah. yeah. We always try to kind of say, well, what's this thing doing the quarter? They said, well, we don't really know, but uh, come square up with me and we'll show you what it can do. Right. Yeah. We'll see We'll see how you fare on the street. <laughs> no, absolutely. So now uh, when I got you, what, what spurred me to reach out to you guys to call you is I've been seeing on your Instagram and on your Facebook page, you guys are doing a lot with the uh, with those MR500 supercharger kits. How long have you guys been messing with those and, and what's the story behind those kits? Okay, well, it basically started uh, – uh, when, well, we were doing turbo cars and things of that nature. Uh, basically, uh, as looking through, I saw we were down at, uh, actually we were down at Dumont one, one weekend here about, I don't know, five, four or five years ago. And I saw a, a dune buggy out there that had the old big Landy set up on it. Right. And I've, uh, you've seen some of the boats and stuff we do. We have, you know, big roots blowers and oh, stuff yeah. on them. So it's kind of like, we got to be able to do this. I mean, the, there's been a, a long gap between people trying to do that. Um, the AMR 500 supercharger setup for Volkswagen engines is, is not nothing new. Mm-hmm. Uh, all we did was take the same concept and, and make it user friendly and, and did a lot of testing on it. And what? So you could actually buy the kit and you could literally, if you, you know, are halfway decent mechanic, you could install this kit on your engine and, you know, within a couple of days and go out there and tear it up. And so on this AMR 500 kit, um, so you sell the kit a couple of different ways. You sell it broken down where you got to buy, uh, like it's miss, it's got everything but the supercharger. Is that right? 
Yeah, the supercharger and the carburetor. That's correct. No, it's it, yeah, supercharger, carburetor, and pulley system. So yeah, we, that's right. we sell with yeah our breakdown, our knockdown kit, mm-hmm. and uh, we sell it just basically all the brackets you need. And then if you want to go get your your supercharger, your carburetor, and your pulley system, that's all you really need. Everything else is there to include the intake. Yeah, and with the with the supercharger, there, there's a limitation to the displacement on the motor you can put it on. I mean, obviously. With this, with this compact size of a blower, I mean, what what's the displacement it can handle up to? Well, we've the the biggest motor that we've actually put it on, and I wouldn't go any larger. Would be a nineteen fourteen. Uh, we did all our initial testing with that size motor just to see the maximum. Mm-hmm. But without getting into mathematics at this point, uh, it's only a a five hundred cc style, you know, half liter style supercharger. So if you go with displacement versus supercharger, uh, anything larger than a 1914, you're just going to start running out of air. And the supercharger just can't produce enough air. So the small engine, terrific. You want big stroker stuff, then by all means, you know it's turbo territory at that point. Sure. So this is this kit set up for somebody who wants a little more punch um, and not not looking to go full turbo maybe want to keep that exhaust heat out of the engine compartment because they're trying to maybe keep, uh, you know, just go with a different style of performance or power adder. Um, Absolutely. And the price point on this for, and then I think that is the complete kit from you guys run about 1800 bucks. Is that how much the complete kit is? Yeah. Somewhere in that neighborhood. Yes. So, and and it, uh, it really depends on size of carburetor and a few other miscellaneous things added or, or decreased. But, yeah, right around the 1800 range is what we're pricing them at. And the, and the supercharger, is a, this is a factory-built supercharger for what car? Well, actually, uh, back in the 19, late 1970s, early 80s, uh, they were produced for Subaru. Uh, but they were never imported on cars into the U.S. because of emission control systems. Right. So – over in Asia, they were everywhere. <clears throat> so now there's there's companies in China and companies in Japan that are refurbishing these superchargers, and they're just absolutely plentiful, and they're they're economically you know affordable. Yeah, I mean, so it's like hey, I think why you're lo- not? You're looking at what uh, three grand for a Dick Landy kit, maybe? If you can even find an original one, I think I've seen them all the way up to six and seven, and you're not even sure if that's an actual Dick Landy. Well, if you go on the the Samba right now, I and mean, we we could talk about the Samba prices later. But if you go on the Samba right now, you'll see a couple of different Dick Landy kits on there. And uh, I've watched these same kits go from uh, forty five hundred to five grand to seven, and I think they're up there like seventy five hundred dollars for this Dick Landy setup. Yeah, that's yeah. And the problem with the Dick Landy is that there's they're gigantic. There are people that would advertise them as new. Well, there's no such thing as a new Dick Landy supercharger. They they stopped production years ago, so the kits are still out there. But you just got to be a little careful of if you're actually getting a, a a DLI or you're actually getting some kind of aftermarket. Yeah, I, I had I knew a guy in town here. There was a couple guys that had those systems on on their cars, and the the problem with the Dick Landy thing is just so gigantic. I mean, it's it's a monster, and there's you're never running a deck lid with. It. I mean, the 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 throttle plate on the carburetor comes up to the lower the lower metal under the rear window. So yeah. <clears throat> it's like there's no way that thing's going to be inconspicuous. And then sometimes it's so big it almost looks ridiculous on the motor. Yeah, well, I think the yeah I think the Dick Landy supercharger was right around a 75 cubic inch. Yeah, you know, or somewhere around <clears throat> yeah like 1230 cc's. I mean, it's pretty big. And so, how many pounds of boost does this does this supercharger kit run? Well, it depends on uh, on size of the motor. So, a 1641, for instance, uh, we've gotten somewhere around eight to ten, mm-hmm. and all the way up to the 1914, depending on how it's set up, somewhere between yeah between six, you know, five six range somewhere around there. And so, are you need to do any uh, any uh, methanol injection or any of that kind of stuff with these or no because it's a draw-through system mm-hmm. you know kind of like the turbos are so sure. it's it's relatively self-intercooling to where the carburetor and air or the fuel and air is being mixed before it gets to the supercharger which is a cold charge correct so there is a little bit of heat that still comes out of the supercharger but overall uh the heat displacement off of it is far less than just pumping air yeah 
No, I dig the kits, man. I'm looking at them and and hmm. uh, looking at the supercharger design is the is the pulley uh modifiable in any any extent um to where you could uh cuz it looks like the it's got two it like you could flip that front plate and and put the pulley on the other side if you wanted. You probably could. Yeah. I mean there there's other ways there there's many different ways to, you know, to skin a cat so to speak. But at ours, we, we wanted to be as friendly as we could and bolt on without pulling the motor out of the car. Um, so we, we use the, uh, the MST pulley system, their, their 4V micro V serpentine system. Right. And all we basically did because the supercharger itself, uh, most of them come, come with a, a roughly a two and three quarter inch, uh, 4V pulley on it. So it's, and then so that matches up. So all we had to do was line everything up and make it work. And then we played around with pulley sizes, you know, to spin it faster or slower depending on how it works. And what's the max RPM that you're getting on that thing? The supercharger's rated at at sixteen thousand or sixteen thousand five hundred mm-hmm. continuous. So if you if you run it the ratios that we have it set at. Uh, at 6,000 RPMs on the engine, you'd be running 16.5 on the supercharger. So, so it's, it's overdriven about 25%. So it's 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 matched to where it'll it'll reach peak power with the with the uh, with the motor. Or Correct. Peak, and peak if you run power. a you, yeah, if you run a smaller pulley on it, you can get a little more boost out of it. Uh, but you can't you can't lay into the throttle for any extended period of time, or you'll just burn the supercharger up. Yeah, or unless you're going to be shifting at 5,000 RPM. I mean, what, there's there's a direct correlation, right, in, in the top end that you'll get to it versus the versus the RPM that it's spinning. So Absolutely, it, yes. It would probably limit. I mean, and, and what kind of torque and horsepower specs are you getting out of these? Let's say on a 1914, what's the compression on the test motor that you guys did? Are you running 8.5 or are you running lower or higher? Yeah, we ran 8.5 on our test engine, and uh, – I don't know if the if you it was a while back, but I think that dyno run is still in there. Mm-hmm. We built a 1914, ran an 044 style head, ran 8.5 to one compression, a basic uh, 120 profile cam. Yeah, you know, just like something that your average Joe would have. Yeah, torque cam. Um, yeah, put it together, and uh, we ran it on on dual 40s, right, and made a ride just a tad over 100 horsepower. Mm-hmm. And then we ran the supercharger on it, and after we did some jetting and tweaking and timing, we wound up with 156. So it's a 50% increase in power for under two grand on a on a yeah. 1914 motor, which is yeah. for a lot of people that are listening. You know, I don't think they understand the magnitude of the power that's that 150 horsepower feels like in a bug. I mean, that's a lot. It's a lot of horsepower. Oh, it's huge. You know, so. Wow, that's that. I mean, that's pretty impressive for that little tiny supercharger to be able to kick up another fifty horsepower out of that thing, especially compared to dual dual carbs. Because if you're going, you're going a single forty four millimeter. Is that what you're running on that on that carb setup? Uh, no, the it's a Holly twenty three hundred series uh, three or two barrel. Oh, really? Yeah. Or we run a, either a three fifty or a five hundred, depending on the motor. Okay. Yeah, because I saw one now, where on, was, some of you had a side. Yeah, draft on some of the other ones, we've actually dabbled into the. Uh, the, the the 40 millimeter uh dcoe side draft weber right so you have a single so on the two barrel setup you're getting that two barrel setup to 150 did you do, get down the numbers on the on the side draft the 40 no we have not we have not dynoed the side draft yet so that's the side draft is something that we just started doing recently mm-hmm. uh, for a couple customers and so we got a couple of them out there and uh, i don't we don't offer uh, any side draft intakes at the moment because uh, we're still kind of in the testing phase and seeing how they're working out and design. Sure. But, uh, yeah, once once we figure that out, we might go back to dyno uh, sessions. But overall, they seem to be working out really well. We have one in a Baja, and we have one in a, in a streetcar, a Vert, a 1970 Vert that we built the engine for a guy, and uh, he seems to like it. He likes the power quite a bit. So Yeah. No, um yeah, I, I I look at the kit and I think you know with the technology that's coming out today, there's so many different things that you can do. I mean, I'd be interested to see this 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 supercharger seems so compact. I it, it, especially if you could do the side draft, if you could modify this to fit on a Type Three, you know what I mean? I think that would be 
that would be really cool if you could come up with some sort of plenum uh, plenum and intake setup where you could do a side draft. Uh, the only the only tough part on a type three would be getting getting it to run off of the uh, off of the the pulley, but I'm sure there's a way. I'm sure there's a oh, way yeah. it can be done. <laughs> Absolutely, there's always a way. Yeah. No. So um, so you guys now uh, are out in the Hesperia area, the Apple Valley. Now you guys do work on people's cars. You'll build motors for people all over wherever they're from. If they reach out to you. Uh, absolutely. We got, well, a lot of our customers are, of course, locally, but we get some all the way from the LA basin. Um, we've even had customers, uh, where we did a little bit of work on a car. The guy shipped it all the way to us from Vermont, mm-hmm. Virginia, or Virginia. I'm sorry. Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. I did a, I did a full, uh, uh, CB performance Gen 4, uh, install on a, a 1972 mm-hmm. Beetle, I believe what it was. And, uh, uh, he named it Carmen. Her name is Carmen. Had a pretty interesting story about it, but yeah, he shipped it all the way out to us to have us install this uh, Gen 4 CV performance system, and uh, he loves it. You know, I I get calls or texts from him every once in a while, and it's still running good. So yeah. we do all kinds of stuff for anybody. And so, what do you guys? On, uh, go ahead. Oh, I, I was just going to say on the on the engine side of it, uh, I do get calls every once in a while, probably more often than not of people looking for, hey, you know, do you have a 1600 engine available? Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that. And it's like, well, we're, we kind of don't work down those lines. Right. We're more of a custom engine builder. Uh, you come to me and we'll sit down and we'll talk it. I'll take a pad of paper with me and say, okay, what do you want to do with this? Uh, where are you going to put it in? What's your application? And I'll build the motor custom to the car and the person's needs. And of course, the you know, how, how big your checkbook is or how small it is, you know, has sure. a big thing to do with it as well. Well, and, and with these, you know, with the motors, especially, you know, depending on configuration of what you're trying to do, if it's a street car or Baja, I mean, there's, there's several different configurations that you can build for people, but based on the average, if someone wants you to build a motor for them, what kind of budget should they put together to have you build a motor for them? Uh, for a decent car motor, say even like a 1776 or 1835, 1914, uh, without going into the big stroker stuff, mm-hmm. you're probably into the 3500 range for a long block. $3,500 for a long block. And then um, now are these motors, that when you build them, are they, or do you dyno tune them or you just you long block them out? Uh, well, if, yeah, we, we can build a long block and ship it to you or, you know, come pick up the long block. And then it also it comes with a, a list of, you know, how to how to pre-start it, how to pre-lube it, and how to run it, what kind of oil to put in it, and so on and so on. Uh, but we also offer turnkey uh, where we have a run stand. We don't have a dynamometer here, mm-hmm. uh, but I do have a run stand that we made that I can pre-run the motor and everything, you know, make sure everything's high and tight, and then here you go. And so, then, stuff like that. And what... what uh... I know that you 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 put on your card that you guys also do aircraft motor. Is that right? Uh, no, we uh, we kind of uh, can't really do the aircraft. I mean, uh, Volkswagen does do aircraft engines for light um, experimental type aircraft. Right. But you you have to have special licensing for that. Oh, okay. Right. Uh, anytime you deal with the aircraft, you have to have a, a airframe and power pack license to do so, and the the demand for that kind of deal is not very high right? considering uh, what the overall cost and the, uh, the liabilities are in it. So no, um, we don't do any, any aircraft style Volkswagen stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, I worked on airplanes for years, but I don't, uh, we don't build anything for aircraft. And then on, uh, on the motors, what, what type of parts do you like using? I mean, do you use new, Aluminum engine cases. Use the magnesium cases. Do you, what heads do you like? What what what's your, what's your preferred choice for setup for something for the street or offered like a Baja or whatever? Well, it, it like I said, it depends on the on the application mm-hmm. and and what the customer's budget is. <clears throat> um, mag cases up to a certain point are you know great as long as you find a good one. They're getting harder to find, as you know. Um, I have nothing wrong with the we, we've used the uh, Autolina aluminum cases on several occasions, uh, had no issues with them whatsoever. 
so that's always an option for a little bit stronger motor. Um, the cylinder heads themselves, uh, if I get rebuilt ones, uh, I have them rebuilt into an 042 and 044 style for a mild motor. Uh-huh. Uh, if we go any more wild than that, then I'll probably go with the uh, Ponchito heads from CB or something of that nature, or even go into the street comp or sport comp heads, depending on what, you know, what the motor's going to be. Um, rotating assemblies and high-end stuff like that, we primarily use the CB Performance product line, uh, but we have used others. Uh, we've used uh, AA, we've used SCAT, and even even MP at that matter. And so you, I mean, really just depends on customer budget, where you're at with everything based on what you're going to build for somebody. Yeah. And obviously, you know, if somebody comes in and, you know, has a low budget and wants a big motor, I mean, that you know, those two, those two uh, trains are going to hit each other there. Right. <clears throat> no, we're not going to, not going to shortchange the motor just because the budget's not there. If, if it just doesn't work out, it doesn't work out. Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, a lot of people have some high expectations and a, and and not a lot of cash and so really to build a good and the crazy part is i think building up to ninth like a a good stock motor 1600 with little a few little mods to a 1914 like you were saying the difference is negligible in the cost when you're paying for all those parts anyway you know your top end trim out is going to be different between you know a set of 36s to 48s i mean obviously that's going to be different and cooling system Correct. and all that kind of stuff. But for the most part, the long block, I mean, you got a pretty wide variety between 1600 to 1914 that you can, that you can do to get, uh, you know, quite a bit of, quite a bit of range there to suit your need, um, in regards to different engine configurations. What, what's your guy's engine? Let's say for the street, what's your guy's engine of choice? Uh, I like the, uh, the 1776 or the 1835. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the jury is still out on that where people say, well, the 1835 runs a little hotter because the cylinders are a little thinner. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, okay, there's a longevity thing that goes on there. But, I mean, you're not talking about, you know, people that want these cars to go, you know, 250,000 miles. I mean, you're probably not going to get that on any given Volkswagen. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it's happened. But, um, well, I mean, if, the 90.5, 90, 90. 92, yeah, a good all-around, good all-around car engine. Yeah. And what do you what are you guys choice for induction like carburetor, or I mean, do you guys you guys in your own vehicles you guys have any of these AMR superchargers running in any of these cars? Yes, we do. Uh, as a matter of fact, we've got two of them. We got one in a in a '66 Baja mm-hmm. with a '1641 engine in it, with just a basic you know smaller 100 profile cam um, set up again at eight and a half to one compression with Molly pistons and rings, <clears throat> so it runs really well. And that's on the Holly carburetor. Oh, really? And then, and then our our 1914 that we built uh, is in a four seater, like Kevin was saying earlier, the four seater car that we built years ago for my uh, my oldest son. Uh, that car, that motor's been in that car ever since the testing was done. It's been in there for three years, and it's still hammering away. Nice. And so that car. So the the livelihood now the, on these superchargers are they self oiling superchargers? They just you just just like a Paxton or whatever you pour oil in it and then you just change it every so many miles. <laughs> yeah, the uh, it actually yeah it holds about uh, let's say about 120 cc's of gear oil and has its own oil system. Yeah, because I know I've got uh, a supercharger on one of my other cars. It's a V8 car, but it's got its own self-contained, you know, lubrication system. So these are built basically the same way as that, huh? Not it's nothing. I mean, with the turbo, you always got to have your feed line going back to the to the engine case, and you also have to have a pressure line coming into the turbo. So I guess that's another advantage to to going with these. I mean, overall, if you're talking just under two grand for an entire setup, I don't know. I'm not sure. Is there a turbo setup that's out there that's that's under two grand? Oh, you can find them uh, used, probably. Yeah, but a, a new a new turbo system, you're you're looking in in the four grand range. Pretty simple. Well, that's what I'm easy. saying. On a on a new system, I don't think you're finding anything under two grand. Absolutely oh, no, not. No. You can you can hardly get just the turbo itself for that price. And when we tell our customers all the time, because we offer the supercharger for under two grand, and we keep those prices like that on purpose because we're offering a affordable price for horsepower for someone, and uh, and you know 
we want we want to keep it that way. And it, the supercharger is no replacement for a turbo. We know that if you put this AMR against a turbo system, it's it's, it's no replacement. But price wise, and still going to go out there and get some good horsepower, it's still worth it all all the way. Now on, the, on these supercharger packages, what are the wear pieces inside the supercharger itself? Like what what is what's replaceable? And then like uh, I mean, this is a root style blower, or it's a it's more like a like a mini DLI or what? No, actually, it's it's actually a root style blower. Oh, really? So it's like a twin. It's like a like a twin screw. Yeah, it's a twin screw. It turns just like just like a root style or a, a like a a six seventy one or an eight seventy one blower. It's mm-hmm. exactly the same design, only smaller. The rotors the rotors turn in a clockwise position. One rotor's clockwise, the other's counterclockwise. The air pressure goes down through the outside, not through the center. Just oh, really? like any root style blower. And and what what parts are replaceable on it? Do, do do the overtime do the roots wear out, or is it just the the guides that they kind of run on, like the bearings they run on? No, the bearings and everything seem to be pretty good, and, and and we've put ours through a lot of a lot of abuse. So the what would actually happen would be the the seals on top of the rotors mm-hmm. would be the would be the thing to go uh, as they wore out. So. The only thing that's going to have a, an effect of that would be less and less boost as time goes on. And then, uh, re- but the whole supercharger is is replaceable and rebuildable in its entirety. And so, the the, the rebuilding aspect is it pretty simple to rebuild one of these superchargers? Yes, they're they're very simple. What's it? What's involved? Well, I, I, at, at, at the point right now, with how cheap the supercharger is, it's almost as worth. You know, if you wear one out, which we haven't wore, exactly wore one out yet, it's almost just cost effective just to replace the thing, man. Yeah. And they're, they're, these are readily available. I mean, you guys sell just a supercharger for people, or people just get them online, or or where? Yeah, they... you can get them pretty much. Yeah, you can just go online. You can Google AMR superchargers, and they're they're everywhere. They use them for multiple different applications. Yes, they've been on. They they advertise that anything from about a two liter and under. Is, is what they what they recommend. Yeah, I just popped them up online, and I'm seeing them anywhere from 180 bucks to 80 bucks. <laughs> you know? Yep, there you go. That's 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 what I was telling you. They're 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 so affordable in that in that price range. And man, if you if one's getting worn out, you just pull it off and replace it almost, and then have to go through all the rebuilds. Yeah, take you know, take you an hour to replace it. I don't, I, at this point, uh, and maybe I haven't done all the research all the way, but I hadn't even really seen a, re, uh, a rebuild kit out for one yet uh, in the States anyway, so. I can't believe how inexpensive they are and working up to, I mean, there's a lot of people that have a 1776, so I would think a 1776 with one of these would be probably perfect, you know? No, so, it's an absolute great combination. Like we, we actually did a, we'd done some 1835s, uh, and those were good combinations as well with them, which was pretty close to 1776. And, and that engine really wakes up with that supercharger when it starts spooling up. It, there is a, a noticeable difference in them. Yeah. That's nuts. I mean, I mean, you're looking at this thing, you could put, you could probably put on just about anything, huh? I mean, if you could just get that piping, that piping, that belt system to work, I mean, you could probably put this dude on just about anything. Wow! Absolutely. Yeah, it's crazy how that's crazy how inexpensive they are. And then you're running them draw through, so you put a carburetor right on top of it, and and that's it, huh? Yeah, we make the adapter plate that goes from a 2300 series Holly to the supercharger itself. I make those in house, <clears throat> and then right, like I said we're doing the side draft stuff too, and that's that's still in its experimental stage. We're working up to that to get the proper or get the exact right design for mm-hmm. it. Uh, but in a car or a Beetle, it's a little bit uh, difficult because of the, the the space available to do that. Yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, they're pretty unique, and I'd love to see. I'd love to see one of these systems run. When are you guys? So, uh, what's the next show you guys are headed to that people are going to be able to see one of these cars with supercharger on it and get and and talk to you about it and and inquire on how the whole system goes together and what it takes to to do it from you guys. Well, if you have a customer, like I said, we just did a, uh, we finished a custom intake, uh, a side draft system for a customer with a vert and engine. He, t- he plans on going down to Prado and, uh, taking it down there. And that's probably where you'll see a, your probably next one we'll see is Prado. So down at Prado, somebody will have one this year that's got a, a, a yeah. supercharger set up on there. Yeah, this is, uh, I mean, I, I think it's, it's one of these deals where, you know, especially people that are buying cars that, 
if somebody's going to buy something like this, obviously you'd want them to check check the uh, they'd want to check the motor, make sure it's it's in decent shape. It's got you know compression and it doesn't it doesn't leak down too bad. You know that it's it's worth putting one of these things on there. You know, absolutely, yeah. The integrity of the engine is everything. Uh, like we always tell any customer, anybody that's interested in this type of setup, even turbos or any forced induction system, mm-hmm. they are not a cure for an ailing engine. Period. Yeah, but I, but I think if a guy's got a good motor and absolutely, you know, runs decent, he just wants a little more a little more kick to it. I mean, under two grand, you're going to pay that for an old vintage uh, Judson setup. And the Judson setup, I had one on a on a thirty six horse of mine, man, and they were it was just awful. I mean, it was it ran mm-hmm. as soon as I took it off, it ran better with just a twenty eight pit carburetor on that thirty six horse motor than it did with that Judson. But then again, the Judsons are all you know they're worn out and they they've got these these Bakelite fins inside them, and uh, you know they're they're not they're not much for longevity. But with this little setup here, man, I mean it's so many different ways that you could you could configure this thing to make it work between side draft and down draft and and you could probably even do fuel injection on the thing as well i would assume you know yeah there is there are some people out there are, are um i think the dub shop mm-hmm. um up in washington he's he ha he has a system that that works with the fuel injection system so there there, there are fuel injection systems and and this will actually take um the Fitech system, if you really wanted to do it too, this you, I think it'll fit right on our intake. The Fitech system. Yeah, no, that seems pretty cool, man. I mean, especially if you know if you're looking to to do something where you're not having to run exhaust tubing and whatnot. I mean, I'm looking, I'm thinking about another car that I have that's got a little two liter motor in it. Thinking like, man, you could just put this thing on there, you get that pulley to work, and then just bolt that car back on top, and I think you're in business. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so what else? What else are you guys doing that's uh, that's new and exciting over there at Rabobank? Well, other than the than the fun stuff like we talked about before, engine building, I've got uh, two engines going together in the shop right now that are stroker motors, mm-hmm. uh, both for dune buggies. Uh, we're customers were kind of hoping for by that by uh, Valentine's Day weekend or President's Day right, weekend, yeah, but President's we're, Day. We're still yeah, we're so backed up right now that we, that's not going to happen. But um, we're actually going to take a couple of days off ourselves, and we're heading to Dumont this weekend. Oh, yeah? So we have all our stuff all serviced up and ready to go. We're just going to go out there and put the put the shop aside for a day or two and go out there and have some fun. Well, I'd love to see you guys out there. Unfortunately, I'm headed to Okta this weekend, and, uh, and then um... – I won't be back at the dunes probably uh, until Halloween of this year later on. That's probably the next time I'll be out there at the dunes. But uh, for yeah, sure. We, uh, we usually try to make the Halloween run. Um, last year, we you know because of business and stuff like that, we didn't get as many runs in last year as we wanted to. Yeah. Uh, but we did We did make Halloween. And we when we were messing around with the Bajas and things of that nature, uh they're not the greatest sand car in the world. So we've been going out to Razor Road a couple mm-hmm. of times, uh, which is kind of an all around. There's sand, there's dirt, there's hills, there's, you know, you name it. There's everything you can deal with out there. But we want to get the cars back and get the desert tracks off of them and put the paddle tires back on there and put them in their natural environment. Yeah, they're, um, they're definitely uh, out there at the dunes. I mean, w- what you have, a-, a Baja versus a rail, <laughs> probably has quite a different characteristics out there especially if you're running you know a beam front suspension it's going to control your speed quite a bit versus you know you're out there in something with a-arms but um yeah so you guys are working on some stroker motors getting those things up and going then uh if somebody wants to reach out to you guys how do they contact you guys uh they can contact us through uh through our, our our phone number the one we're talking on right now as a matter of fact which would be the uh 760-503-1621 760-503-1621 number. Mm-hmm. Um, and if I don't answer that phone, which I usually do, uh, the message will lead you to my cell phone. And then you're all, you guys are also on Facebook and Instagram and, uh, yeah, yeah just grab back performance. You'll, you'll just type in rabbit back R A B A B A K. I think underscore performance. That'll catch the Instagram and, uh, pretty close to the Facebook as well. So you'll, you'll find us over there. I, I deal a lot in the uh, Instagram more than the Facebook. 
I like Instagram, so uh, you can probably get a hold of me a lot better on Instagram if you just want to message and ask a question. We'll get them linked up because it's easy to do, and you get them linked up. You do one post, and it goes up on both formats. So that's what I that's what I've been doing lately, and it's uh, it's it's working pretty good because you know in our hobby there's a there's a, a cross section of different demographics, and and uh, Kevin's generation they're all on Instagram, <laughs> but uh, in my generation they're all on hmm. Facebook. So. I think having both both areas covered really helps out with uh, with getting that yeah, well, that information out there. In my market. generation, my generation would have been local channel eleven. Well, yeah, we listen. We started. <laughs> I, I started out at the at, on the uh, the the recycler. That that was my internet back in the day. Was oh, just getting yeah. the, getting the recycler every Thursday at nine o'clock when the dude dropped it off for Friday's recycler. So, um, yeah, I mean, today I was talking to a friend of mine who just drug a bus out. Uh, he just found a 21 window. Uh, they're still out there and all, you know, just been sitting there neglected on, in a, on the mountainside for, you know, past 25 years. And uh, he just drug that thing out. And we were talking about, you know, back in the day, road trips and all the stuff. And I said, yeah, well, last time I went out and started finding all these cars, I had a Polaroid camera with me. That's the only way. Oh, <laughs> like, I, had, I mean, we, we, it was, yeah, it was, what back, are those? yeah, it was back in the day. Well, no, they're, they're all hip and cool now for the youngsters now, but, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. it was, uh, it's a different time, but with different times, there's different technologies and, and what's old is new because supercharging is nothing new. It's just the hassle, the effect, the custom casting and all that stuff. And now with the technology that people have in their hands of accessibility to machining, uh, stuff that you can drop on AutoCAD and drop off at a machine shop and have them make it for you, any bracketry or pieces or whatnot, so you can build your own kit. I think mm-hmm. that's opened up and expanded things to where people can start taking these a- AMR 500 roots blowers and, and fabbing them up on these little motors because, you know, that's just that's just pretty cool. I mean, a fif- an extra 50 horsepower in a 1914 is huge. That's a 50% increase in horsepower, and it's going to give you three times the stock horsepower. You know, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. And think about that. I mean, you go to the big, you know, big muscle engines to, to gain three times horsepower. Yeah, yeah. You're talking, you know, 50 grand. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's the, I mean, that's 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 a pretty big deal. But uh, you guys want to give any shout outs to any of the people that you guys work with before we wrap it up? Well, sure. Yeah. Uh, basically started with the roots with with uh, car craft on Riverside. That's what got us started. Mm hmm. Uh, working with Benko Transmissions for years and years, he's been a very reliable, good friend, and a, a very good transmission builder. Uh, CB Performance, uh, Mark and Pat up there have been, you know, instrumental in, in the things that we do, uh, and various other, you know, other dealers that we deal with. Uh, but those are the primary ones. Well, cool, man. Well, I appreciate you guys coming on the podcast and giving us some time so we could talk about, you know, the supercharger setups and all this and. Uh... Hopefully, some people out there listening to podcast land are interested in some of these supercharger setups. They can get you guys on the horn, talk to you about what they need to do to get a kit because it looks like you guys got some pretty affordable kits out there that people can uh, get on the phone, order up, and install them at home. So, And you guys are able to give support for those guys? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And we don't just – I just want to add this in. You know, we, we mess with those. We've, we, If you look on our Instagram or Facebook, you'll see uh, we also experimented with a 371 blower on uh, alcohol mm-hmm. and uh that was pretty fun dude we we 100 completely designed the intake system for that and and made it work so really? we my point is is we we do a lot of innovative stuff here not not just those you know we we come up with a lot of cool stuff so sure no doubt man well, yeah that, if, if yeah, that else... particular application there went uh uh yeah with a 2387 with the uh, 371 uh, Monaghan blower, it was a Dyer's blower on alcohol. We were well over the 400 horsepower range. Really? And this was in, this was in an open, open ended back end car. Yeah. That was actually in the same car that you probably see the, uh, the fuel injected turbo system on it. That's right. what it had prior to that. Yeah. I'm looking at this. So, so what is that blower off of? I mean, that's an aftermarket blower, just a small one for like a V6 or what? Yeah, it's a small uh, V6 type. Actually, they were built for smaller diesels back in the day. Yeah. All your your roots blowers were mainly diesel blower engines for the two-stroke diesels. Oh, really? Uh, not many people make the 371 anymore. Uh, Dyers happen to be one of the last ones on the planet that still does. 
So everything's either the most common blowers now are the sixes or the eights, and those are for big cars. But and on that blower that you put on that car, that this 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 other uh, what'd you call it? It was a a three seventy one blower. Yeah, yeah. the three seventy one roots blower by Dyers. Yeah, Dyers blower, and and they had it was cool because I told him I says I need this thing to be. I think what it was, a uh, 16 inches or something like that. It says end on end, he'd be 16 inches. And he starts going in there, starts tapping on some stuff and starts going, yeah, I can do that. And we were able to get that, that blower to fit inside a, a bug, uh, compartment. It was, it was, it was really cool. It really worked out. So. Wow. Yeah. It looks pretty impressive. I mean, that would be, uh, would that be a kit that you guys could replicate for somebody if they want that? We absolutely could. Um, I had a customer that was interested in having that kit. The only the only problem is is the blowers though that particular 371 blower is getting harder to get. Um, they don't produce them; they they rebuild them. So they get cores and get more in. They're just getting more expensive, and and all the time to do one of those, it, it can get pretty costly. But yeah, I can definitely make one for another customer if they really wanted it. Yeah, especially if they're a swap meet and find a 371 blower, it's like snatch it up and uh, <laughs> and make it happen. You never, I mean, you never know what you could end up paying for one of those, but. You guys be able to, now? Could you use this three seventy one setup on the street? If you uh, if you had were put some kind of cooling system in it, uh, we just use methanol just to go mess around. But we had some ideas, and we which we might still pursue here in the near future is we are going to come up with a better cooling system so you can actually run this thing with um, pump ninety one or or maybe some one ten or something in the street. Because this motor takes up the entire top of the engine case. Yeah, there's no no cooling shrouds on it, so that's why we went with the methanol. Sure. Uh, because it's relatively self cooling, but that still has its own issues in itself. Because if you've ever dabbled in in alcohol fueled cars, it's it's very labor intensive, and you know try to maintain the system. Yeah, that's what I understand. A lot of a lot of a lot of oh, with, there's no cheap power. Everything comes at a cost, and there's there's give and takes on every end. So, oh, yeah. then I look forward to seeing you guys at Prado this year because more likely than not, we'll be out there at Prado and uh, we'll for sure get this podcast out this week. And uh, hopefully, you guys will hear from some people out there in podcast land that are looking to do some supercharges on their Volkswagens. Yep. Yeah. Like I said, uh, we uh, will have a supercharged car out there with our AMR 500 on it out at Dumont this weekend. So, maybe oh, nice. people can take a look at that and say, okay, cool. Yeah. Other than that, yeah, we appreciate it. It's been fun. Yeah, I just look for the orange Radback flag on trailer. That's us. You got it. Uh, <laughs> okay. <there> you go. <laughs> for sure. Next time I head out there, man, I'll look you guys up for sure. Because I, I would love to get, and what's starting to come back now in this whole retro thing, you know, all these retro sand cars are coming back. All these retro off-road cars, people are getting back. But I'd love to be out there in... I would love to see how an original style Manx would do out there at the dunes with a little peppy motor in the back of it. And like I said, I think the, 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 what's going to control your speed is your suspension, you know, but I I think they're still fun. I still think you get in there in an inexpensive little buggy and buzz up to the top of Dumont with the right tires and the right power to weight ratio. We're going to, we're probably going to be soaking right down that same thing. We've got a 68 Myers right now that we're restoring. So that may see the, see the dirt here before long. Well, let's make sure you guys get some videos out there. Tag Let's Talk Dubs in it, and let's uh, let's make sure we get this thing out there and all the people out there in VW land can hear it, man, because there's sand dunes all over this country. So there's plenty of people in just Southern California that are listening and thinking that this is what they want to do, and one of these little supercharger setups would fit perfectly into Myers-Manx. Sure, absolutely. Absolutely, yep. Well, man, uh, Ron, Kevin, man, I appreciate both of you guys coming on the podcast, man. Well, we appreciate you, man, and we, we love listening to you. Hey, you got it, man, and, we, and, we'll, and we'll, uh, we'll have you guys out on this Friday. All right, thank you. All right, cool. All right. All right, Bill. You got it, man. If you guys enjoyed this podcast, make sure you go and subscribe to the podcast on Apple, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to it so you get constant reminders and updates and set your notifications to remind you when there's a new episode out. We come out every single Friday. Also, if you want to show your support for the podcast, go to letstalkdubs.com slash store. And you'll be able to support the podcast by buying some merch. Pay attention to the details coming up. There'll be a website attachment on letstalkdubs.com with more details about the show coming up in Vegas. So it's going to be huge. It's going to be awesome. And make sure you guys save the date. The weekend of October 15th through the 18th, starting Thursday, there'll be events going on. 
from Thursday all the way through Sunday with the big show for the finale down at Las Vegas Motor Speedway. That'll be Quarry Mac Productions putting on the VW Mega event. But there'll be a whole weekend full of events, so stay tuned to the podcast. Get all the first updates and the latest and greatest. So until next week, guys. Later. A Volkswagen is a nice station wagon to have a